0: Today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. It's a great feast because the authority that Christ wields is the authority that we are called also to participate in. So I want to begin with a little background on this feast. It was very recently proclaimed by Pope Pius XI in 1925 because of the circumstances in the world at the time. Great dictators were rising up, especially in Europe, causing all kinds of havoc, wielding authority they didn't really earn like Mussolini in Italy and Hitler in Germany and in Russia, Stalin and Lenin, Mao in China, Hirohito in Japan. And these dictators were splashing their names with great statutes and posters and it was all a cult of personality, exercising authority and bringing the world to a great crisis. All of this was happening as well at a time when the world was in a Great Depression. So with that context, the Holy Father felt it was very important to assert once again who the true king of the universe is, who has the real authority. So not totalitarianism, not atheism, it was the servant leadership of Jesus Christ. And so we're called in this feast to to submit ourselves totally to our king body heart, mind, and soul. Secondly, though, it's a reminder to us how to exercise authority because we all have authority. We were baptized as sharers in Christ's ministry of priest, prophet, and king, and filled with the Holy Spirit. What kind of leadership Christ said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for others. I was very privileged to be at the study days a few weeks ago in London. All the priests were gathered, first time we gathered in a couple of years. And the topic was on leadership. It was a wonderful lesson just in what leadership really is. He walked us through all of those steps. Basically two types of leadership he told us about. One is bureaucratic leadership, leadership that comes with an office or positional leadership institutional authority. Well that's the kind the Pharisees had and exercised and they did it in such a way as they put Christ to death. So that was a leadership they really didn't earn, it was given to them. But the other type of leadership and the one that we're called to follow is what's called intrinsic or charismatic leadership. Leadership that is based on the character of the person, the integrity the trust that the person has, that's influence, not dictatorship, but influence through charity and love. Now, the difference between the two is very great. So I'll just give you a story to highlight the difference between the two. There was a DEA officer, drug enforcement, who came to a farm owned by an elderly gentleman who was out farming and he drove up and said, I'm here to inspect all of your property because I hear you may be raising illegal crops. And the farmer said, well, yes, you can inspect all that you want, but just don't go over to that part of the field, please. The officer exploded and said, do you know who I am? I have the authority of the federal government. You can't tell me where to go. And he took out his badge put it right in the face of the farmer and said, that's my authority. Is that understood? Do I have to repeat myself? I can go anywhere I want. And the farmer humbly said, okay. Well, a few minutes later, that poor officer came running and screaming because he was being chased by the biggest bull that that farmer had. And he was losing the battle because the bull was faster than him and he was panicking crying out for help. Well, the farmer put down his tools, went to the fence, and cried out, your badge, your badge, show him your badge. (laughs) That's bureaucratic authority. Not very good. So the authority that Christ wields is, of course, servant leadership. And that's what we're called to as well, because whether we're a parent or a teacher, or were involved in the community in some way, or a pastor. We're all leaders in that sense. So what does a servant leader do? A servant leader focuses on the needs of others. A good listener, showing empathy, trying to raise up others, building trust, dedicating to people's growth and development, building community and encouraging others to take on their proper role of leadership as well. So I'll just end with this story that I heard at this pre-study days, again, highlighting what servant leadership really is. It's a true story, and a movie was made of it very recently called Hack Shaw Ridge. And it was about World War II, We're still in November, so this is an appropriate story about the military. It's about a person by the name of Desmond Doss, D-O-S-S. He wanted to serve his country, and so he enlisted. He was a man of faith, and he politely told the recruitment officer that he would not ever carry a weapon, nor kill anyone. Well, he was assigned to a particular infantry unit as the medical officer, but you can imagine the other soldiers treated him very badly. They didn't want him in their company at all, and they would badger him and they would heap all kinds of psychological and physical abuse They try to get him court-martialed. They didn't want him at all, this pacifist, and he was a slightly built man, very humble. Well, in any event, that unit was assigned to one of the bloodiest battles of World War II in Okinawa where their unit had to climb up this escarpment and once they were at the top, take the hill. It was crucial they do that to gain the victory. Well, they managed to climb up to the top, but then they were ambushed. The enemy was waiting for them. All kinds of machine gun fire, they were totally outnumbered. Now the commander said, Retreat, let's go back down the hill. But there were, by that time, dozens of soldiers wounded, lying helpless in the field. Well, Desmond Doss initially obeyed the order. He got to the edge of the, the cliff. But then he heard an inner voice saying, no, I want you to stay and help these poor men who are wounded. And he did. Everyone else scattered, fled down the hill. Desmond Doss stayed. And what he did was remarkable. He got into the field where all the wounded were and bullets flying all over the place, and he dragged one wounded soldier to the edge of the cliff, made a makeshift rope, and lowered him down single-handedly to safety. Well, then he said, Lord, please help me get one more. Went back into the field, dragged a second person all the way to the cliff, lowered him down. Again, the prayer help me get one more. By the end of the day, he had saved 75 wounded. And he received the highest medal that could be awarded in that time, the Medal of Honor from President Harry Truman, who said, for me personally, this is a greater honor to give you this medal than for me to become president. That's servant leadership. And that's what we're called to do as well in our lives, is to sacrificially put ourselves out there and help others in any way we can and imitate Christ in the way that he suffered. And certainly he did. Now, the apostles didn't get this because James and John, remember what they did? Jesus was on the way to the cross and they pulled him aside and said, we want two of the highest places in heaven, One at your right, one at your left. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. To do that, you've got to suffer like me. And even then, it's not mine to give, it's my father's. And then the other apostles got into the act and said, well, no, no, we want those positions. It was all a mess. So they had to be taught, and we as well have to be taught again and again what servant leadership is, especially in the spiritual life where we're called to really Serve in such a way that people recognize Christ in us, the servant leader. So let's celebrate Christ the King by saying, I'm going to participate in the way Jesus led with charismatic authority, authority that comes out of my heart, character, integrity, love, service. And then At the end of our lives, we'll come before the Lord, the King of the universe, who will say, well done, good and faithful servant leader. Welcome into my kingdom.